is the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown Brea, California. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. So here's something interesting. Here's something very interesting. And if you're a note taker, you might want to pull out your notes and, and get ready to take some notes. The origin of this holiday, this Christmas holiday that we celebrate is Christ's birth actually began during a period of history of humanity called the Dark Ages. It was a time in history when disease was rampant, learning was at its lowest, there was almost no inspiration, no creativity. The lifespan of humans was barely up to 40 years old. It was horrible. The plague was ravaging civilizations, and it was a dark, dark time. That's when this holiday began to emerge. It was on the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, December 21st, that, um, well, people who were superstitious had some rituals and practices that they thought would convince the sun to return because they, the day was short and, and there was fear that overtook the, these people during the Dark Ages. So they had these superstitious rituals that they would start. Well, anticipation of spring returning, they would take evergreens like we have around here and they would place candles on them and light the candles hoping that it, the darkness would not overwhelm them. Well, Christians took these practices, what they would call heathen practices, and began to repurpose them for the glory and the honor of God. And that is where many of our Christmas traditions have come out of. Christians have repurposed these traditions now symbolizing Christmas, symbolizing the light coming into a dark world, symbolizing Jesus Christ, the light of the world, coming in. They've been repurposed to give God glory. That's actually how my life was. I was living my life for myself on my own way. And Jesus Christ comes into my life and repurposes me for something that's good, something that brings him honor and him glory. Because that's what Jesus does. He repurposes or actually fulfills the true purpose in each of us when we say yes to him. What's true in the physical, when we see the lights coming in and the, and the evergreens being raised up or hung up, what's true in the physical is also true in the spiritual during this Christmas season. Many people are facing dark days, like we talked about last week, the days are shorter. Well, many people are facing dark emotional days, dark spiritual days, dark relational days. AJ mentioned it a little bit, how this can be a season of joy, but it also can be a season of sadness. Christmas time can be a great time of joy, but also of loss. My wife and I just received word yesterday and today of two of our dearest friends, two different families, one in California and one in Tennessee. A dear friend of ours lost their spouse here in Mission Viejo, and another friend of ours lost her spouse in Tennessee after 30-plus years of marriage. This is a time of sadness for them. And it reminded me 
though this is a joyful time, there are people who are struggling, people who are facing challenges, people who have dark days. Listen, the good news is this, and if we'll watch the temperature, Ken, so that it doesn't get too chilly in here, because now I see people bundling up. <laughs> I have a good vantage point. If I see you fanning, turn the air on. If I see you shivering, we'll turn the air off. Here's the good news. Christmas isn't the problem. Christmas is God's solution to the darkness. You see, that's the good news. Christmas brings good news for anyone struggling with dark days, darkness during this season. Because God doesn't want to just pat you on the back. He doesn't want to just chase away the darkness this Christmas. He wants to literally turn on the light and pierce the darkness because Jesus is the light. That's what we celebrate. Not the simply chasing away the darkness, but the piercing of the darkness. Because when, when God's light shines in your life, it changes. For those of you who've heard my testimony when I was 17 years old, I was in a dark place. I was on the brink of taking my own life. And God reached down and saved me, gave me purpose, gave me a new life. And I know there's many in here who could say the same thing. He takes me out of the pit of despair and fills me with God's light, literally piercing the darkness of hopelessness and brings hope and encouragement and strength. That's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk a little bit about piercing the darkness. Everybody say piercing the darkness. Listen. Everyone has dark days. Everyone does. We all have days where we don't want to get out of bed, right? We're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have to face that person. I don't want to deal with that problem. I don't want to pay that bill. We all have those dark days. And tonight I want to take just a few minutes to look at why Christmas is a joyful time for you, even if you're facing dark times because it's a time of light in the darkness, a time where that light pierces those dark days. And I want to look specifically at four areas, and, and maybe, possibly, probably, you'll relate to one of those. I'm going to look at the dark days of disappointment, the dark days of distress, the dark days of doubt, and the dark days of depression. You can probably relate to one of those. I think we all can relate at least specifically to the first one because we all face this one, and that is the dark days of disappointment. Take a look, the dark days of disappointment. We can all relate, right? We have plans, and then the plans don't work out the way you want them to work out, right? You make plan for a vacation, and suddenly, oh, no, the kids are sick. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Okay, that's one level of disappointment. I know my wife and I were getting ready to go on our 30-year wedding anniversary just uh, last month to celebrate 30 years of marriage. And of course, two days before we go, I came down with a cold. And I'm thinking, oh no, we've spent money. We've made all these plans. I don't want to be sick. So I 
bombarded my body with vitamin C. I drank emergency, airborne. I, I was sleeping with a humidifier and I was th shoving things up my nose because I wanted to be good, you know. I was disappointed. We all have plans. Consider the story of Mary there in the, the New Testament when we're talking about uh, Christmas. I mean, here's Mary, right? She, an angel appears to Mary and says, you will give birth to the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, what a privilege she must have felt. And then where does she end up giving birth? In a stinky, right? Smelly, stable. That's why we did it outside. A stinky, smelly stable surrounded by farm animals. No royalty. Not, not in a castle, but in a stable. Talk about disappointing. You know, she's human going, okay, well, I thought maybe might, there might be a little bit something different here. Maybe you can relate. You went for that job interview this year and you were really hoping it would come through and you didn't get that call back. And then when you did follow up, they say, oh, you know, uh, we're going a different direction, right? Disappointment. Disappointment. Or you're in a relationship and uh, your significant other says those words. Uh, it's not you, it's me. Right? Right? And then he or she calls it quits. Right? That's disappointment. That, that can hit the rocks of disappointment. Life is full of disappointments. But listen, Jesus is the light and he wants to pierce that darkness. And here's what Jesus does. He encourages me when I'm facing the darkness of disappointments. It's what Jesus does. It's what the light does. It encourages me during those disappointing times. Let me tell you how he does it. First, he encourages me by saying this, Kelly, you're not alone. You're not alone in this. Take a look at this scripture found in the gospel, or I'm sorry, in the book of Psalm, chapter 34, verse 18 says this. Matter of fact, let's all read this together. Let's charge the atmosphere with God's Word. Ready? Begin. The Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted, discouraged. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed, lost hope. See, I added those parentheses because that's another translation. It helps us to understand what does it mean to be brokenhearted? It means to be discouraged. Ever felt it? Wave at me if you've ever felt brokenhearted or discouraged. Come on. Everybody in here has. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You didn't get the grade on the test that you thought you would get. The job didn't turn out. You didn't get the sale that you wanted. Listen, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted, and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed or who have lost hope. We all go through the dark, darkness of disappointments. But guess what? You don't have to go through it alone. You don't have to walk through it alone. And just simply knowing somebody is there with you helps. I don't know about you, but it helps me. It helps me know that I am not in this alone. And secondly, God wants you to know this. Not only are you not in it alone, but guess what? God has a beautiful way of taking those things and turning them around for good. He does. He does miraculous things with that. He shines his light and he shows you that he will work it out. He will work through the difficulty if you will trust him. Here's a promise Everybody say promise. 
There, there are dozens of promises in the Bible, and you need to grab a hold of those promises because they're going to help you when you're facing these times of disappointment. Here's one of those promises, okay? Take a look right here in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. One of my favorites. It says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know what that's saying? Is if you trust God, if you said yes to Jesus and you put your trust in him, you can face disappointments and you're going to be disappointed, but know that God's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. It's a promise. And you have to, in faith, stand on that promise. So when you face the darkness of disappointment, you can be encouraged. One, you're not alone. And two, guess what? God will work through this. Maybe it's going to shape your character. Maybe it's going to teach you something. Maybe if you failed, you'll learn how to not fail again. All right? There are all sorts of angles that God will take to help grow you and become who he's created you to be. That's how you can trust in him. Secondly, when we face dark times, we face a, the darkness of distress. Everybody say distress. Distress. That's when you feel overwhelmed, right? Oh, man, especially this time of year. We can feel that, right? The expectations. The money that's going out is a lot more than the money coming in. You know what I'm talking about? You're stretched to the limit and you're frustrated. You've got more month than money. You've got less time to accomplish all the things you think you need to do. And you are feeling stressed. You are feeling distressed. Ever been there? Wave at me if you've been there. Come on, be honest, you know. Okay, well, let's go back to Mary. Think about Mary for just a moment. Mary, she's been told you are going to give birth to the Messiah. And just as she is about ready to give birth, her husband shows up, her husband-to-be, her betrothed, says to her, um, we got to go. We got to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem because the government has said they got to take a census. So, honey, pack your bags, and we're going to give you first-class ride on a donkey. She's nine months pregnant riding on a donkey. That would cause stress. I just heard Christina Stover back there go, huh? What are you, seven months? Yeah. She's even gauging, how, how far is it to Walmart? I don't want to ride that far. In the car? In the traffic of Brea? Don't go to Target. That's right. Mary knew stress. She had to ride on a donkey all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She understood stress. And Joseph, you, ima you can imagine him, husbands, right? You got to try to keep her comfortable, right? You want another pillow under you? Okay, we can get another pillow. Okay, you want to ride the other way? Okay, we ride the other. Watch out for the rocks. I'm trying to watch out for the rocks, honey. I mean, Joseph is feeling it too. Husbands, we know what we're talking about, right? Stress. You might be feeling stress. Maybe it's not a pregnancy kind of stress, but you're feeling financially stressed this month. You may be, may be, you may be relationally distressed this month because it seems like this relationship's taking a whole lot more energy than you have to give, a whole lot more time, a whole lot more sacrifice than you're willing to give. Maybe you're emotionally distressed 
Because the pressure to perform at the job or the pressure to perform at school or the pressure to perform, period, is just overwhelming you. You're feeling emotionally distressed. When I feel this way, and I do, I have to care for a congregation. I talk to other pastors and they say, you know, nobody understands except another pastor. Because when I, when I lay my head down at, at night to bed, I pray for you. I pray for this congregation, and I know the things that you're going through, and I can't carry them. I'm not your Savior, so i got to give them over to Jesus. But I feel that stress about that, and here's what I do. I take a gospel. Okay, I know that's corny. (laughs) (laughs) I, I take a scripture, and I take it into my spirit. And it's, it's one of my favorite passages. It's actually a very, very popular passage. Matter of fact, this is, this is one of the top tattoos of Bible scriptures that are placed on people's bodies. You go into any gym in America, and you will probably find this scripture tattooed on somebody. And it's found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. All right, take a look. One at the top. Let's all read it together. Ready? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But for me, that's a pill of encouragement when I am stressed. It reminds me that, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I can do all things. Matter of fact, I love the amplified version. The amplified uh, version of the Bible is a, is a version that expands upon it and kind of like colors in the lines. Take a look at what it says. It says, I have the strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That's an expansion. That's an amplification of the actual scripture. So what God does, what the light does, what Jesus Christ does when we're feeling distressed is he strengthens me. Take a look at this on the screen. He strengthens me. He strengthens me when I'm facing the distress or the darkness of distress. He's going to give you strength. It's a promise from his word that he'll give you strength. You may need to print this verse out and put it on a mirror. Uh, Not a mirror that blocks your view, okay? But put it somewhere that you can see it regularly to remind you and be able to say that to yourself. Matter of fact, it's probably a good reason why it's one of the most popular tattoos is because it reminds me, you know, maybe I should put it on my forearm right here and go, yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A good reminder that when I'm facing difficult times. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. A reminder that you are competent, that you are capable, and you're able to handle it no matter what comes your way. On your own power? No. But through the power that God gives you in Jesus Christ. I spoke to James Grove. He's not, him and the family aren't here tonight. But many of you at at Refinery know of uh, the Grove family, and they've been, they've gone through one of the most stressful things that a family can go through. If you don't know their story, the Grove family just last month had their only and oldest daughter have to go through brain surgery where her head was opened up and they had to remove a mass that was attaching itself to the, the, the brain stem. I mean, that's stress, right? I can't imagine much more stress as, even as a husband or a dad than my child having to have their head opened up. That stress. And I got to sit with James at the hospital and literally say, dude, how are you doing? How are you doing? He said, I'm doing good, Kelly. 
because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, that is strength in a time of distress. And him and Marlene both have said to me, it's been the strength of God that's helped to provide for them and sustain them through this very stressful season. They have been strengthened in this dark time of distress. They are literally living out this next scripture found in the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter 23, verse 4. Take a look what it says here. Psalm chapter 23, verse 4 says this. Even though, matter of fact, let's read this one together. This is good for us to read together. Ready, begin. Even though I go through the deepest darkness, I will not be afraid, Lord, for you are with me. That's another verse to put up there. That's another gospel to take when you're feeling stressed. Lord, though I may be going through dark time, Lord, you are with me. You don't have to fear. Fear not. You know, um, I I did a little thing the other day. Uh, The old-fashioned King James Version of the Bible. Many of you guys know that. For thou hast formeth, you know, it's the thous and the thus and and the these and the thithers and thithers. Difficult to read, but I did a little word count. You know, there's 360 verses that say fear, 365 verses that say fear not. I thought that was so cool because that gives me every single day of the year a fear not. 365, fear not, fear not, fear not. I, I can every day trust in God knowing that I don't have to fear what's coming at me for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That when I go through my darkest, darkest, deepest, darkest times, I will not be afraid. I will not fear, for Lord, you are with me. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That is the light piercing the darkness. Some people act like life is good, but God is tough. You know, they got it wrong. Life is tough, but God is good. God is good. And he says, not only will I encourage you when you're discouraged or disappointed, not only will I strengthen you when you're distressed, but when you face doubt, I will guide you. And that's the third thing, the the darkness, the dark days of doubt. Take a look on the screen with me, would you? The dark days of doubt. Have you ever felt like you're in a fog. You're in a fog and you really don't know what to do next. It's hard to make a decision and it's kind of dim and you're you're unsure. You're in a cloud. There's a story of a pastor from the Bay Area up in Northern California and this particular pastor was pastoring a congregation of about 100 plus people And he was having his Christmas Eve service, and he was really excited. It was a beautiful, beautiful night, and and, uh, everybody was leaving. It was Christmas Eve because people want to go, oh, let's head off to the family. So everybody's leaving. He's saying goodbye to them. He's the last one to leave the church. So he leaves the church, and as he's leaving and locking up, he walks out, and he notices the fog, you know, up in the Bay Area. The fog is settled in, and it's thick kind of fog. He can barely see two feet in front of him. And he's thinking, man, i got to get home. So he goes and gets in his car and he turns on the car and he backs up and he starts to pull out. He's realized, man, I can only see about a couple feet in front of me. And so he kind of can see the the headlights and the taillights kind of passing by. And so he sees kind of a break and he pulls out and he decides, I'm going to follow really close, like two feet, 
to the car in front of him because all he can see is the headlights. So he just follows really closely, really closely. And they're all moving fairly slow because he figures, well, the guy in front of me must know where he's going because he's following another guy in front of him. So we'll just make our way down the road. After about five minutes, the guy in front of him comes to a dead stop. Pastor's only two foot, right? Bam, slams into the back of this guy. Thankfully, they weren't going very fast, but definitely caused some damage. So the pastor gets out of the car. It's Christmas Eve. He's just ran into the back of some guy. The guy gets out of his car and says, what are you doing? The pastor says, hey, dude, I'm sorry. What are you doing? Why did you stop dead in the middle of the road? The, the guy says to the pastor, I'm not in the, this is my driveway I just pulled into. Guy pulls into his driveway, gets rear-ended by a pastor on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you. I mean, we can get lost. If we can feel emotionally, we can feel mentally in a fog and not know where to go or what to do. We can be facing dark days of doubt. I think all of us, many of us, have either faced that or you're facing that even right now. You look at your past and there's disappointment. You look at your present and there's distress. You look at your future and there's doubt. What am I going to do? And doubt can cause a person to become paralyzed in, in their actions. And they're afraid. They don't know what to do. They're afraid their decision might be wrong. And so they just don't do anything. You need someone to guide your way. You need something to bring light into the darkness, right? Here's what you can do. Our theme verse for this month is the, found in the Gospel of John. Take a look. And it says this, John chapter 8, verse 12, the words of Jesus the Christ, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not drive into a driveway and crash. No, what he says is, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Because you will have the light that leads to life. That is the promise that Jesus gives. He guides me when I face the darkness of doubt. You see, he guides me when I face the darkness of doubt. What's keeping you awake at night? What's causing your stomach to churn, your pulse to race, building up and filling you with anxiety? How will you make those decisions? Some folks will say, well, I just feel like it's right. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. Really? You feel like it's the right thing to do? I worry when people say, I feel like it's the right thing to do because I wonder, did they have bad Chinese food when they made that decision? Because I feel really bad or I feel real different if I've had bad Chinese food. Our feelings can be a little unreliable, right? Our feelings can be adjusted from week to week or month to month. Feelings can sometimes be unreliable. Or some people will say, well, everybody's doing it, so I'm going to do it. Everybody's voting that way. I'm going to vote that way. Everybody seems to be buying that thing. Everybody has a Roomba. Why can't I have a Roomba? Sorry, I just spoke from my house. 
<laughs> our dog has anxiety. That's why we don't have a Roomba. It would freak our dog out. We need to pray for Oliver, don't we? <laughs> Everybody's doing it, so I should do it. Really? I have found that oftentimes, more often than not, the majority is often wrong. Especially today with social media and, and accessibility to all sorts of crazy information. Who knows? Who knows what is true? Let me tell you something. There is a reliable source that you can always count on 365 days of the year, every 24 hours a day, and that is God's Word, the Bible. It is unmovable, unshakable, and it is a reliable source that will always give you the right advice, never lead you astray, never put you in the wrong direction. I told you this verse last week, but I want to remind you again from Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word, God, is a lamp to, that guides my feet and a light for my path. A lamp for my feet and a light for my path. If you're looking for the direction that you need, it's found in God's word. And that's why here at Refinery, if you're a guest with us for the first time, God's word is our main source. And I want to let you know, we stand on God's word. We preach from God's word. I don't give you opinions. I give you God's word. And then I say, okay, Lord, you speak. You speak. Starting January 4th, we're going to be giving out, like I mentioned before, I'm really super excited this year, in the year 2020. I'm giving out this customized journal. It's our first, we've had these little journals. Um, let me use yours real quick here, Dino. Appreciate you bringing it. We've had these small journals that are really great to take notes in. But this, this month or this year in 2020, we have a customized uh, personal refinery journal with a Bible reading plan to help so that we can all read the Bible together so that we can have wisdom together, so that, we, so, that, so that we can have answers for the questions that we have? Won't that be good? So I'm really excited about January 4th where we're able to get into God's Word together and get guidance from the light that shines the way through the darkness of doubt. Lastly, let me give you this fourth one, and then we'll close. Um, Christine, I want to sing it. I want to pray at the end of this one uh, specifically, so just kind of be ready. Um, this, is, this can be a heavy one for some folks. And it's the last one there on the bottom, the dark days of depression. Depression can literally feel like darkness is overwhelming a person and settling over your soul. And you begin to think, what's the use? You feel like giving up. You feel an emptiness. Darkness and the word void, a void, are synonymous with each other. And oftentimes when a person is in a place of, of depression, they feel like there's a void. There's a darkness that has settled in over their soul. And it can literally cripple a person or a community or a people. Depression isn't just specifically to an individual. Groups of people populaces can struggle with it. During World War II, Winston Churchill was quoted as saying this. He said, the light has gone out in Europe. It was a dark time in Europe. It was a dark time in the world. There was a depression that settled over the people of England. 
Many people feel that way today. They feel like the light has gone out. There's an emptiness. There's a void. And they can't shake it. Listen. Every week, I get these prayer cards from you. And I'm so thankful for them. But I know what you've been struggling with. And I'm not going to stand on the stage and talk about them. I would never do such a thing. But I want you to know, I know the struggles of divorce. I know the financial struggles, the job losses, the sickness, the death that you've experienced. And sadly, the, the festivities of this holiday can sometimes magnify or intensify the pain that you're going through. It feels dark and it feels empty. When a person is going through these kinds of things, they can feel lonely. And they can feel, does anybody really care? I want you to know something. If you don't hear anything else tonight, we care. And more importantly than us, God cares. You matter to Him. Your pain matters to Him. You need to know that. You need to know that because God loves you so much. He knows the pain you're facing and the pain you have faced. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to know you're not alone in this. He wants to fill you with his spirit so that the void disappears. The darkness is gone and the light of God is inside. You see, I mentioned last week that people, when they struggle with depression, doctors give a prescription about getting out and getting into the sunlight, right? Because it helps physiologically to produce some good things in you to feel better. It's not a coincidence that in the physical, the prescription the, God, the doctors give is to get out into the light and you'll feel better. In the Bible, Jesus says, I am the light because his spirit, he wants to fill you with the light of hope, the light of his spirit. Because when you're facing the darkness of depression, God says, I want to fill that void and wash it all away. What's true in the physical is also true in the spiritual. And as light brings life, the light of Jesus brings hope to you, to the people that are struggling. You, maybe you're fine. Maybe you're sitting here going, I'm feeling good, Kelly. But you know somebody who's struggling. You can share that hope. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 15, verse 3. Apostle Paul says, I pray that God 
the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see that? The Apostle Paul prays this prayer for all followers, and I want to pray this prayer over you. If you're struggling with any of those four, disappointment, distress, doubt, or depression, I want to pray God's Holy Spirit would fill you up to overflowing. You can pray that prayer. Jesus said, if you ask the Father to give you the Spirit, to fill you with His Spirit, He will. God loves you so much, He's not going to hold it back. He's not going to hold back His Spirit from you. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. When you say yes to Jesus, you say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you, and God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. It fills the void. It pierces the darkness and replaces discouragement and depression with joy and hope. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father, God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you promised would fill us to overflowing with joy and peace. And right now, with all your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and nobody looking around, I just want to invite you. If this season of Christmas, you're experiencing discouragement, distress, doubt, or depression, would you ask God right now, Jesus, the light of the world, to fill you with his spirit? Make Jesus Christ your Lord. Trust in him and ask him to fill you with his spirit right now, right where you're at. Don't wait. Don't struggle. Don't wrestle in the dark days another moment. Let the light shine right now. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, across this room, men and women are calling out to you, and I thank you that you are faithful. You say, I will give my spirit to those who ask. Ask him right now. Say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I make you Lord. I trust in you as my Savior. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that as we pray that prayer, God, you are replacing depression, discouragement, doubt and distress with joy, hope, peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Will you just declare those things? Say, Lord, thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for hope. Come on, do that out of your own mouth. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for hope in the name of Jesus Christ. We open our mouths, O oh Lord God, and we declare those things in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at wearerefinery.com/give.